talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And we're back. Welcome to Messy Christianity. Gentlemen, how are you today? Not good. I kind of feel like I'm in a closet or something. <laughs> closet. Oh, you know, this recording studio would be awesome if we had better chairs. If anybody's listening out there and wants to donate some better chairs. Wait, wait, wait. they got to be small, though. <laughs> they got to be small, because this, this really is a closet. Yeah. I'm really just joking. We don't need anybody to donate chairs. We're yeah. probably just going to go buy some, because the, uh, uh, the room is great, except for the chairs. Hey, great podcast topic today. Let's go ahead and get right into it. What are five of the most impacting books that you have read? And uh, so that is a broad topic. There's certainly I know I know one thing about all three of us. We love books. Uh, we are vivacious. We read voracious readers. <laughs> In fact, um, you can testify. I have all but said if you're not a reader, you you really yeah. need to change your ways. At least if you're on staff here as a pastor, you've got to be reading. That's part of yeah. your job. That's that's part of what feeds your soul. Jay Strack says what? You're the same person you were. You're, you're the same person one year from now that you are today, with the exception of three things. The places you go, the people you meet, and the books that you read. Mm. That truly is the essence of, of, of so much of our walk. Yep, that's strong. So let's do it this way. Let's go ahead and start, and let's do one book at a time. Yep. Uh, let's just kind of go around the circle. Uh, maybe tell the title and who wrote it, and then maybe maybe what the, what the overview of the book is. So we're talking... 15 books, so it's, we're going to have to be pretty quick. Maybe. We might overlap. We didn't compare notes. just so. Yeah, we, we didn't. Know. I yeah. would be surprised if we have exactly we'll see. matching. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll I actually have way more than five that I want to share, So, sure. and I'm sure you do too. All right, so I'll start. Um, one that I'm reading now is called Old Paths, New Power by Daniel Henderson. And essentially, it is addressing the, um, the lack of spiritual power in the church today because we have gotten into newfangled cool, creative um, ways of reaching people that really supersede what God said for us to do. His plan was, hey, follow me, love me, be filled with the Spirit, and be filled with power. I mean, that that's essentially the book in a nutshell. It was recommended to me by a pastor at a conference uh, several months ago, and I've had it uh, and, and been slowly reading through it. I haven't read it every day, but it, it's been it's been good. It's been really, really good. Mm. So old paths, new power. Cool. I'll say, um, to, as we start this, the way I, I put my list together was not necessarily the best books I've read, like, but sure. the most influential books I've read. So my definition of that is uh, books that um, I may not be able to quote to you, even one phrase from them today, but I remember that they shifted an entire way of thinking for me. So that's kind of... Where I—that's my where I'm coming from. So number one, um, one of y'all probably put this, but I put uh, counterfeit gods. Tim oh, Keller, copycat. I knew it. See, I beat you to it. I did. Put, I should have gone first. Yeah, yeah. We can both talk about it then here. So, counterfeit gods. God with a little G there um, is basically a book on idols and identifying um, things in our lives that counterfeit God Himself. So, um, and it can even be good things, but it's things that we. Uh, put in the place of God, and um, and they're so hidden, thus the name counterfeit. Um, so they give us some type of fulfillment, but they're taking a place that God should be. And that, that book, that? that book's incredible because it <clears throat> talks yeah, about definitely. the necessity of purity, holiness, 
and how so many things in our life can become idolatry, yeah. even if it's good stuff. There are great things, good things that we do that are not necessarily God. One of the quotes I love, I don't know where I heard this. I may have made it up. I don't know. But everything of God is good, but not everything good is equating yeah. to God. Yeah. Yeah. And that that is so true. We learn that through yeah. the Counterfeit Gods book. Yeah. Well, what, what, what I like about that book, too, is the fact that it, it brings back the understanding of idols. Mm. You know, we don't, we don't think of idolatry very much because we think idolatry is some uh, ceramic Buddha. Right. And and we just don't do that for most of us. But right. idolatry is so much deeper than that that it's intangible in some ways. The idol of approval. Approval. The idol yep. of control. Yep. I mean, these are deeper rooted issues in our lives. Anything that is in the center of your circle of life that is not God the Trinity is Excellent. idolatry. Period. Excellent. That's a must read for every believer. Yep. Absolutely. I, I do want to preface going to say I could list almost every A.W. Tozer book and every yeah, C.S. Lewis book, Dude. and I don't have any of them. I'm not having any of them. Look, Tozer he's got like 12 of them. No, so, no I put any th- and so I, <laughs> anything Tozer is on my book. I got you on this yeah, one. So, there you go. A.W. Tozer and C.S. Lewis, I would highly recommend almost, I can't say everything because I'm off the top of my head, but almost anything they've written mm-hmm. are, are excellent, but I didn't put any of those on there just, just to preface that. Uh, there was a book that, that I read I guess 10, maybe 12 years back. I can't remember how long ago it was, Jeff, but uh, it was called Exiles by Michael Frost. Yep. Exiles was one of the leading books of that time a decade ago of the re-emphasis in the church world on the importance of living a missional lifestyle. Mm. And that book, outside of the Bible, this book radically changed my perspective and even my focus in life, just just understanding the necessity of missions as a lifestyle, and not necessarily missions from an overseas perspective, but living a missional, Christ-centered, I am the hands and feet of Christ, everywhere I go, to every person that I meet. Now, I'm a, I will preface by saying, I don't know preface because I've already started. I will continue <laughs> by saying, this is not an easy read. No, it's this, clunky. It, it, this mm-hmm. is, and this is one of those yeah. where you where you Sorry, read a Michael page, Frost, and and I, and I love it. I, but Alan Hirsch. but it, yeah. it has a lot to do with church history. It's you know small words, a lot on the page. It's uh, some of those pages are kind of like the C.S. Lewis. I got to read it two or three times. I actually grasp it, but the weight of it. Oh, absolute, absolute. If you're so, if you're interested in missiology, uh, living a missional lifestyle, understanding the church context of it, highly recommend Exiles by Michael Frost. Yeah, isn't Alan Hirsch the co-author on that? Or I don't is it think just so. Frost? I think this was just Frost. Okay, because I had on my next, my list on the next is the book uh, Shaping of Things to Come, Great which one. was that the was, reason we yes. started reading Exiles because Shaping the Things to Come was the first one we read. That Actually, was I read them in Frost. reverse. I'll, oh, did you? Read I read them? Exiles first and then Shaping the Things to Come second. But but they're 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 very similar. Yes, uh, Shaping the Things to Come. If as I recall, it it says, look. We've got to rethink church. We've got to rethink this understanding of apostle and prophet. I mean, it's it, it's it's kind of the building blocks, I guess, to that whole what we say we say it as apest apostle, prophet, shepherd, evangelist, teachers. Um, so very influential book, and I do think that one was a combination of Frost and Hirsch. But you know what? The truth is, if one writes it, both of them write it. Those guys pal around, pal, pal around uh, so much. So um, here's mine. Did you see what I did there? He got two of them. I just jumped in, huh? Because I prefaced it with that book. Uh, This was an incredible book, I thought, by George Hunter III, The Celtic Way of Evangelism. Hmm. Um, It's essentially the story of St. Patrick. 
and it tells of St. Patrick as a young man who uh, was captured as a slave, brought over to Ireland, forced to work, and then he escaped and came back to his home country, then became a believer, was going to go into ministry, but God, he felt God calling him as a missionary to his captors. And he goes over and he begins sharing the gospel and doing evangelism in a foreign context. And the biggest takeaway out of that is is the whole idea of he didn't start by by civilize uh, uh, civilizing them. Uh, that's not probably not the right word. Uh, but but the, the 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 church at the time felt like the people had to be civilized and then they could hear the gospel. Uh, Patrick St. Patrick says, "No, we're going to start with where they are. These are barbarians. These are um, these are these are the Celts, and so you know they 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 think different. They sing different. I'm sure uh, Frost would be all over over this one because it, it has to do a lot with the. Did this one share some of the miracles that that went along with St. Patrick in that late 300s, early 400s? You know, out of curiosity, I've read it long enough ago that I don't really remember. I do some remember of the stories though, are just." I mean, they're they're truly, it's just mind-blowing, fascinating of the way he, with his small group, were able to change an entire culture. Yes. Absolutely incredible. I do remember that chapter four was the critical chapter for me because it talked about uh, Aristotle's uh, on, on communicating. And he talked about how every communication has three parts. It's the speaker the message, and the listener. And then it goes into how each of those three parts can be, depending on what what role those three parts play, will depend on whether or not good communications happen. Mm. So if you buy the book, that one chapter is worth all of it, yeah. but the whole book is excellent. So A Celtic Way of Evangelism, George Hunter III. What you just said, too, that, that one chapter is worth it all. A lot of books we read, we can, I think we can all agree on that phrase, chew the meat, spit out the bones. Yeah. Not every there's a lot of books that aren't. Per- we don't agree with everything that's written in every book, obviously, but uh, that doesn't mean there's not a lot of good in them. So I want to repeat that uh, I did have A.W. Tozer on my list. He is my absolute <laughs> favorite, favorite, favorite. He is my go-to. I think I've read everything Tozer, honestly. I'll, uh, the Knowledge of the Holy, Pursuit of God, Pursuit of Man. I got three in before I'm going to give my Boom. Those are prayer. Hey, it's our show. We can do prayer. what we want. Tozer is. His book on <laughs> prayer was phenomenal. Which one? Prayer. It was. It's it was just tired. called prayer. It, 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 yes, and it may have been a, a culmination of several different works put together. I can't remember. What I love about Tozer is beautiful. he reads easy. Like you, it's not hard. And then you're reading and you're going, "Man, this is this is an easy read." And then it's like a zinger from left. And you're like, yeah, "That yeah. is deep. Wow, that's good." You reckon so, Tozer would come be on the podcast with us? Um, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Today we welcome Tozer from the other side. <laughs> I'll try, I'll try next time, though. I'll, I'll come in as Kevin so, couldn't so be that, here. So, so is, so is that your book, another Tozer No, quote? no. Here, I'm going to give one here that's okay. probably not on y'all this list. Um, Chuck Colson, How Now Shall We Live? That Ooh, is a big, fat book. It's a book on worldview, basically. Um, and uh, it's, like I say, it's it's not an easy read, but it's one of those that definitely shaped thinking. Um, so How how Now Shall We Live? Uh, how Now Shall We Live, I believe it is. Uh, a not A.W. Tozer, Chuck Colson. Um, basically, the book, every worldview has to answer three basic questions. Um, how do we get here? You know, So creation, how do we get here? Who, where are we from? The human dilemma, uh, why is there bad things happening to, to good people? You know, what about death? What about wars? All this kind of stuff. 
The third question is, um, what do we do about that? What's redemption? So what do we do about all this bad stuff? It's a book on worldview, and it's a big, thick book that goes process by process by process, explaining the Christian worldview while comparing it to a humanist worldview and other worldviews. What I gather out of the book, and it's been, it's probably been 20 years since I read this book, but what I got out of that book was whatever pair of glasses you put on, whatever that lens is, it's going to affect everything else that you see in this world. And so what's helped me a lot is to, um, when somebody else is coming in, even in apologetics, somebody is explaining what they think and what they believe. It's not necessarily me proving that wrong. It's me changing. They, you got to change the whole thing. You got to change the whole worldview for somebody to see it the way that you see it. If that makes sense. So mm-hmm. it's a whole book on worldview. Great book. Not an easy read. I'm jumping in now, Joe. The next book that I have was written by Brennan Manning. Hmm. I, the majority of books that I've read by him. Well, let me rephrase that. Every book that I've read by him has been absolutely incredible. This one is my favorite because it's called Abba's Child. And for me, it it just absolutely rocked me to the core. I grew up with an Abba issue, as so many of our listeners have grown up with Abba issues. They, Our view of God is not as Abba, Daddy, uh, the God of the universe who wants to sit and hold me in his lap, who's I'm his little child. So many folks have this vindictive God, the fire and brimstone mm-hmm. God, the lightning God, or it's a God who I have to earn his approval. And that's where I was coming from. It's a God that if I work myself harder, if I do more, if I go, if I if I just, con- just work myself to the bone, then I'm going to earn God's approval. Not his love, because I know I have his love, but his mm-hmm. approval and his blessing. And Brennan actually came from a very similar situation and, and had a very similar belief system and a messed up Abba view. And then God radically rocked his world and then wrote this book called Abba's Child. So to anybody who has any type of Abba daddy issues That's it. in life, period, that does affect your view, whether you know it or not, of your Abba in heaven. So anyone with any issue at all there, highly recommend this book. Good. That's that's a solid recommendation for sure. Yeah. Brendan Manning, uh, in in many circles, is considered kind of a. It's funny he's considered maybe kind of a liberal because he's he's uh, he he listens, but but I I don't think that that's him at all. I mean he's he's actually very conservative, but he's um, mystical. Mystical. Yeah. That's probably a better liberal is yeah. probably not the right word. Mystical. Yeah. But yeah. you know he had a tremendous influence mm-hmm. on uh, Rich Mullins. Absolutely. Which the was the Muffin Gospel was mm-hmm. the uh, was the one was the book that yeah. Hey, 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 it, he it, read. Come on, come on. Go for Seriously? it. Seriously? This is my I'm <laughs> You're right. Ragamuffin Gospel. Was that on your list? No. No, but it, it, That's why I was talking about Brennan because Ragamuffin yeah. Gospel was incredible. Great breed, but for me and in my yeah. circumstances, Abba spoke so much more. Because I think he had one chapter on Abba. Hmm. That we, actually I read Ragamuffin first, then took me to Abba and it's just it, it yeah. my world. But Brennan's a, a well-rounded um, writer. He he writes good stuff. Mm-hmm. I I honestly don't read a whole lot of him, but it's not because I don't want to. It's just that I haven't I haven't gotten into that stage yet. So I think what we're going to discover by the books we recommend are it it will it will highlight our path and it'll probably highlight our who who we are. Yeah. So um, my next book is going to be Boundaries by Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. And if you have been in a conversation with me in the last year, 
I talk about this all the time. In fact, I've got a sermon series on it because I really think that this is fundamental. It's foundational to a healthy, whole person. And this book is probably the standard for understanding boundaries uh, in a person's life. Essentially, a boundary tells us who we're responsible to and what we're we're responsible for. A boundary defines ourself. It it says, it it tells us and others where we start and where we end. Uh, Excellent, excellent book. Anybody can benefit from that book. We've all three read that one. We've all. But name the person that really, really needs to read that book. I mean, I think that would help. The person that really needs to read this book is the person, you want an actual name? (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Because, well, I I will tell you this. (laughs) I I bought 10 copies, and I gave all 10 away. To the same person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, here, have you read this yet? Have you read this? No, no lie. Every single person, with maybe one or two exceptions, has said, I read the first chapter, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly me. So the person who needs to read this book is the person who feels guilty, who can't say no, who feels like they're they're used, or who feels like they're overwhelmed, who feels like... Got to do something gotta for do everybody. Something for every, yeah, got to yeah. be equal, got to be fair. Um, so if you want to beat yourself up, go read... Tim Keller's Counterfeit Gods, Gods. realize you have the gift of, or not the gift, the the, uh, idol of approval, and then go read (laughs) Boundaries and how to deal with it. That's right. And then read Manning, and he'll he'll show you that you're accepted just as you are. Boom. Actually, we joke, there's a lot of truth in what you said. There's a whole lot of truth. Hey, what you read is who you become. Yeah. So I wanted to bring one in that was different a little bit, because it was mind-shaping for me. It's a novel, actually. Uh, Frank Peretti, This Present Darkness. Yeah, that's spooky crazy. That's good stuff right there. But it's uh, spiritual warfare, and it's it's actually an easy read. It's a fun read. Scary read. It's a scary read. It's a little on the... But it's basically uh, the unseen warfare we don't see. The angels and the demons fighting over the souls of man. But that's... You know what? If you're looking for a read that you can just enjoy, like a novel, this is a novel. Fix this account, but it definitely opens your mind to some stuff like that. I have to say, though, just for a warning, once you read that book, you're going to be like, oh, this is good stuff. So you pick up the next one, the next one. Yeah. The next couple in that series are a little bit odd. They're good, but I found them to be a little bit strange. I honestly don't. I've read Piercing the Darkness, but I don't really remember. But I remember this present, really enjoying it. Okay, cool. Awesome. Next one for me. They Found the Secret by V. Raymond Edmond. I had a friend that recommended this book to me, and I was at a point in life I really, I'm looking for more, asking for more of God and more of, of his indwelling. I just, I, I just wanted more and didn't really know how to ask it. And I started reading this book, and it's 20 stories. It's 20 mini biographies that V. Raymond Edmond put together and wrote about people's lives and the and it's the essence of here's 20 men and women most of them 17 18 19 early 1900s and as you watch their life every one of them were Christ followers every one of them loved Jesus every one of them had said yes to Jesus but something happened in every one of their lives it's almost like a light switch it was almost like a woke up one day and woke up the next day and something was different the the move of the Holy Spirit of God in their heart and their life, their influence, just something dramatically changed in the lives of every single one of them. And I had no idea what it was. So I would read one, and I'd do one per day, and I'd read one, and at the end of the day, I'd just say, God, I don't know what that was that you gave them, but I want that. Mm -hmm. And then I'd read another one, and I was like, 
Eh, that didn't really do anything for me. And then I read another, I was like, oh my word, I don't know what that was, but I want that. I want mm -hmm. that kind of story. And I found that probably 14 or 15 of the 20 really just rocked my world and resonated with me. And then for months, every single day, that was part of my prayer life, Scott. I don't know what you gave them. I don't know what that is. I don't even know how to ask for it. I just want that. Mm. And it was really transformational for me. Absolutely loved it. Hey Amen. That's good. I've read it too. Did you, have you read it? I haven't. I've read yeah. something similar, but it's actually, I just downloaded it. Nice. So, yep. <laughs> Power technology. Yep. All right, so this one uh, is uh, more on the academic side. I loaned it to a friend of mine, and she said, man, this just way... Uh, way over my head which you know that that's going to happen sometimes but it's by norman geisler and peter bacchino it's called unshakable foundations uh contemporary answers to crucial questions about the christian faith and so to me if you like the um uh if, if you like to dialogue and if you like to argue things not in a mean way but if you like to really discuss things and get down to the crux of things this would be a good book for you because mm. it 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 teaches you the um, it basically argues the existence of God and spiritual things without the Bible at all. It hmm. says that Aristotle's first principles, there's that Aristotle again, his first principles are irreducible, and those irreducible principles give us evidence that, hey, God exists, having a Christian worldview is the right worldview to have. Hmm. Really, really cool. And then, of course, after the first couple of chapters, it, it deals with, uh, specific issues of how to deal with uh, issue, the issue of capital punishment, how to deal with the issue of abortion and, and things like that. So technical book, you can get bogged down in it if you're, um, if you're not a thinker, but, but a good book, I would yeah. recommend it. Our God is Awesome, Tony Evans, Dr. Tony Evans. It's a book on the uh, attributes of God, um, book I read years ago, and there's probably many, many books out there on the attributes of God, but this is one that I read that I thought was written well. And if you know Tony Evans, he writes like he preaches, so there's illustrations Ooh. all throughout it. And I will give a word of warning to the preachers out there. Don't try to preach Tony Evans′s illustrations because only Tony Evans only can, Tony Evans, yeah. can do his illustrations. But uh, incredible. It's a good book, really good book on the attributes of God. Awesome. If you, I guess I read, the, I read this one within the last year, and as Jeff was mentioning, these kind of explain the journey that we're on. I really became fascinated again with the concept of fasting in the scripture because I, I think that is something that the church in general, we just really don't spend a whole lot of time talking about, thinking about, processing, teaching. And so I read this book called The Jesus Fast, The Call to Awaken the Nations by Lou Engle. And hmm. wow, I, that's all I can say. Lou, Lou is writing this, and it's a relatively easy read. And it's geared more toward college age, young adult type folks, late, late teens, early 20s. And his passion is to help cultivate a spiritual reawakening in the hearts and the lives of the youth. And through that, be able to change culture, change our nation, and and fall in tune with what Christ is calling. He, he writes about fasting, and, and for the majority of the book, it's about a 40-day fasting of food. And I've not done that, and I don't. And so you know, we talked about things we agree on, disagree on when it comes to writing. I think Tony would. I mean, Tony, going by Tony Evans, uh, that Lou, on, on based on what I read in this book, may defend the necessity of all of us doing a forty day fast and drawing closer to God. I personally 
have not felt like I've been called to do a 40-day fast, but I followed some of the principles in this, and it is it really is mm-hmm. earth-shattering, mind-blowing, incredible. So mm-hmm. if the fasting aspect is something that you're interested in, would highly recommend the Lou Engel, Good stuff. Uh, the Jesus Fast. Cool. I haven't read that. Can I borrow that? It's digital. Okay. Can I borrow that? <laughs> can, we, can we share on Amazon? <laughs> can I just borrow your iPad then? Dude, seriously, it'll only take me about six months to read it. There we go. Um, yeah, okay, so my next one is uh, by Bob Shogren. That's S-J-O-G-R-E-N, just like it sounds. Uh, and his book is called Unveiled at Last. And it's uh, basically the story of God. This was one of those aha moments for me when I saw the, the scriptures how they tied together from Genesis to Revelation, and how the Bible is one single story. Um, Again, this is a book that I've given to tons of people. I think, if I'm not mistaken, we bought 20 copies at one time and and passed them throughout the church, and then we've done Bible studies on it. I've preached this multiple times. It really is an earth-shattering understanding of the, of the, the Scripture as a whole, if you don't understand it yet. Put it this way. It, it it causes you to make sense, finally, of the hard passages in the Old Testament to where you go, oh, so that's why God said kill everybody and don't let anybody live. That makes perfect sense. So, good stuff. So, I'll give my next one with a little bit of commentary, and then I'm wondering if maybe Brent do that, and then can we do like a rapid fire? Because I know you've got more, and i got more, and just... Actually, I only wrote down six. Okay, well then... He's we a rule follower. That. Okay. I, I'm sorry, I, that's, that's one extra, but I'm going to share it. Okay. <laughs> Since you took my counterfeit God, so I actually technically I have fire. Okay. Uh, fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, Jim Cimbala, Jim Cimbala, story of uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle Church. Um, I read the book after reading a lot of books on church growth and, and programs and this kind of stuff. It came at a good time in my life, reminding me it's about the Holy Spirit and God himself is the one that does the drawing. So it's a book on the Holy Spirit and it's a book on prayer, but it's a true story about what God did at uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle up in New York. Um, but it's a great book on just a reminder of the presence of God and what God can do. Awesome. Read it. Good stuff. The last one I have before rapid fire is The Healing Reawakening, Reclaiming Our Lost Inheritance by Francis McNutt. Francis McNutt is a Catholic priest, and he did some in-depth study asking questions, why does it appear that miracles of healing evaporated in the church after mm. you know the 300s? And through his research, he's defended that it hasn't. We just haven't paid attention to it. Some of the stories in there are absolutely incredible based on the research that he's done. Um, But absolutely, if you're interested in healing, signs and wonders, miracles within the church, even from a Catholic perspective, it's not... It's just absolutely incredible. It's a great read. It's pretty much easy read, very fascinating, especially if you're looking at the history of church from 300 A.D. till contemporary Mm -hmm. times. Awesome. Rapid fire. Two minutes left, right? All right. Richard Baxter, The Reformed Pastor. Excellent book. It's uh, old school English, but man, it is it is deep, deep, deep of what mm-hmm. a pastor is called to be and, and how he's supposed to love his people. You said C.S. Lewis earlier, but I need this book, Mere Christianity, needs a, its own specific Boom. shout out, I think. Oh, no, it's my turn. <laughs> um, the Five Habits of Highly Missional People. Very huh. small book but it's a book about living a missional lifestyle. It was authored by Michael Frost, and it's actually a very, very small book. It came out more as a as a statement that he made into a book because people were asking for it. But if you're interested in living a missional lifestyle, this is a great tool to help you be able to do that. 
All right. Most all that we've talked about so far have been church books. There are a whole host of business books that I like to read as well. One of them is Donald Miller, Building a Story Brand. Tells us how to be a guide in our business rather than be the expert. Mm -hmm. Huge, huge, huge. I wrote the same thing down. Business books in general, there's so much truth in those. I wrote that down. Um, uh, Atomic Habits is one I mentioned in our last podcast that I'm reading now. I'll give it other. Good to Great is an older yes. book, but it's a great, great book. Who's read. that? Um, that is, oh, darn it. Yeah. Not, and I've read it. Yeah. And I can't remember his name right now. You just said top of my. All right. Another one I have since Brent, Brent is still looking. Uh, the Tipping Point, Gla- uh, Malcolm Gladwell. It's on my list. Excellent, too. excellent book. Yep. Um, Seven Habits, highly effective. Yep. Yep. People. I've got a couple of more that, that were very good. Translating God and. I'm trying to think of the other one. Two of them by Sean Bowles when it comes to um, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and mm-hmm. developing prophetic giftedness. Absolutely incredible. Just the idea that, that as Christ followers, we can listen to the voice of God when we're ministering with other people. Those have been fascinating. Love the Sean Bowles. Was it Jim Collins? Jim know. Collins. That's exactly yeah. right. Another little book I read a while back called Goals, and I have no idea who wrote that book, but that is a great little book on setting goals in your life. Fox Book of Martyrs. How about that one, guys? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's definitely worthy of uh, mention right there. And there's the uh, Jesus Freak version that DC Talk put out a few years ago. That's... I have all of those, and I've actually used all of those in youth ministry. Yeah, they're, they're great. The majority of them, if you're not familiar with it, it's the story of the majority of them are martyrs, not all of them, mm-hmm. but people who have stood for their faith. And most of them are two, maybe three pages long. So they're very short, mm-hmm. very succinct and to the point, but so, so powerful and absolutely amazing, a lot of them. We're near the end of the time. If somebody's starting, they're not really a reader now, and they're starting out, what's, what's some advice we could give them on? I mean, we've given books here, but I'll start with this. So when we read, I think it's good to balance what we read with, um, you know, you can do some doctrine, you can do some theology, but you could do some uh, some biography kind of stuff too. That's where the Book of Martyrs kind of stuff could come in. Um, even read a novel, you know, that's okay. Yeah, so. I, I, on a, I haven't done this in a while, but... Sometimes, as Jeff likes to listen to the Bible and, and read Scripture before he goes to bed, uh, there was a point in my life where I really enjoyed Calvin and Hobbes and The Far Side. There and, you go. And those comics to help yeah. me kind of kind of veg. I still have some of those. Highly recommend them. Calvin and Hobbes is just good he's a funny kid. <laughs> you know, it, it's not a bad idea to take one night out of the week that you would normally watch TV, turn it off, read a book. And, and I'll be honest, I much prefer reading a book than a book on digital. To me, there's just something about the feel of paper in my mm-hmm. hands that I can I can meditate on it. I can, you know, what I'm saying it's just I it's used just to be that different. way up until about the last year, and I forced myself to start with digital simply because I could take every book with me. Yeah, I'm primarily and, digital, and so I'm I'm actually leaning more toward the digital size now. And I never thought See, I would. You have more self control though, because I if I have digital, man, I'm going. It, it oh, takes no. like I, yeah, half a squirrel for me to go. No, no. Yeah. For me, it, it and actually, what I love about it is, you know, I, I look at a word, then I can go to the website or I can go to the dictionary. That's and look my it up, problem. All of that right there. An but, advantage too, though, is is you know, I have my Kindle on my iPad, but I also have it on my phone. Yep. I find myself in ten to fifteen minute waiting periods all the time. Not in the car, like, like red yeah, light, reading, red light. But, but no, and I'm sitting, you know, driving across the bridge. You're right. You're, actually, we get stuck. That, <laughs> no, I find myself waiting for food. You know, whatever. There's there's chunks of time where I can spend reading. So nice. That's a good reason for that. Well, hey, this has been fun. Hey, audiobooks. Audiobooks, definitely. I spent a lot of time in my car. I've just started doing that recently, and mm-hmm. I knocked out a 
a whole book last week. Just but I still hold that about, audiobooks about, is not the same as reading. About, I agree. How about podcasts in the car? <laughs> hey, True you know, there's this awesome podcast called Messy Christianity yep. that would totally change a person's life. Ooh. Hey, guys, thank you for uh, sharing with us today. We were a little bit concerned. Can we make a whole podcast wow. out of books? Well, I think we've discovered that we barely touched the surface. Books have changed our life hey, if we miss one let us know absolutely put in the sh- put in the uh, comments uh, we always like to hear what you have to say and with that we will see you on the flip side thank you for listening to messy christianity three guys talking about life faith and everything in between you want to know more check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.